All right, Pastor Mike, Fredericksburg, Virginia. Uh, we are Saving Grace Community Church. That's the church and the ministry I started. I am the uh, preaching reverend pastor at this church. And today we are going to talk about a sin and how it affects the entire, not only your country, but the world. And that um, disease, like when people say, well, why does, if there is a God, first of all, why do kids die? Why is cancer? Why are um, uh, tsunamis, earthquakes? And then they say, when if there is a God and he's all powerful, or if he's good, why does he allow it? And the thing is, God sends some disasters, especially like Sodom and Gomorrah or afflicting a certain person. But sin also creates when the innocent and the weak, if there's not a point in it, there's absolutely no point, which sometimes we might not even see God's point. Remember, he is all-powerful, all-knowing. He's a million times smarter than Albert Einstein. So you are not, you and I are not going to understand his ways. In Scripture, it says, God, Jesus is saying, or the Scripture is saying, you are not of my ways. My ways are not of yours. And we're not going to understand a omnipresent, all-powerful, all-knowing, divine creature, the creator of all. You know, we're not as smart as him. He can see the future. He knows the future. It's not only he saw it, he made it. But God created, also created all the natural laws. All the, the science is out there. The, the natural laws, the physical laws, the chemical laws, etc. That's all created by God too. So there's still going to be those processes. There's going to be natural processes that just happen. But God created those. God created the earth. Tectonic plates that move. If people happen to be there at the time, someone might get killed. It's just the way it is. You know? We got too many people on this planet anyway. So people are surprised when the innocent dies. But God doesn't want anyone to die. I don't think God makes anyone an innocent die. Uh, it's told that, you know, all children below a certain age automatically go to heaven. You know, it's the age of knowing. But once you know right from wrong, moral, morality, etc., you're pretty much responsible for what you do. And that's when the Holy Ghost came into effect. And that's what we all have inside us, whether we want to believe or not. We're all ruled, and we all get input from the Holy Ghost. And that's where those who have never even heard the Word have the Word on their hearts. So they shall be judged also by how they acted. Uh, all right. But what we were talking about is the world affected by sin. And one other thing, and yes, it is to a point, but the more we sin, it's just like I, I believe I studied a lot of Buddhism and karma, etc. You know that if you believe that, well, look at all the bad vibes people put out. After so much, it's going to affect the world. And that's what the Bible tells us. The, the, even the... The world itself groans to be set forth, set free from man's sin. It's in scripture, and that's where I should have wrote uh, more of this down so I could rip it off to you, but I can just talk because I know it's scripture, and if someone checks me, it's in there. It talks about the weight of the world itself groans under man. Let's see. 
Wanting to see if I could find it, but it's not important. Like I said, it's in there. And once so much sin, so many bad vibes are going out from everywhere, naturally there's going to be more disasters, more death, more disease, new diseases. Uh, you know, it, it's just going to be promoted more and more. And we look in the Old Testament, and I was reading about the different kings and how different times they turned to God back and forth, and it affected. And right now I'm reading about... um in Nehemiah and I'm reading about um, uh, or was we maybe I think it was Chronicles actually we were reading in Chronicles because we were up reading up to when the Persians conquered everything King Cyrus and that's a lot of this too Nebuchadnezzar King Nebuchadnezzar Babylon they actually conquered Jerusalem you got to realize this is factual this happened whether you believe in God or not there was still the Babylonian captivity and then the Persians and the Medes came along you know all these were battles that really happened try to put it into that context too but studying the different kings I was reading about Josiah and then uh, Hezekiah and I'm going backwards. You had Jotham. The main ones I was reading about, though, were uh, the sons of we were like Joachim, Joachim, Josiah, around in that era. After Solomon, I believe it. That's right, the few generations right after Solomon. And there's some good kings and bad, like the father would turn away from God. And the Assyrians came in. That's when the Assyrians came in and put them in captivity. But then, uh, look, Asa. Asa was a king there this time, I think. ASA, it was my buddy Asa. But then uh, the son would turn back to God. He would knock down the Assyrian and the Sumerian or uh, uh, temples and the pagan altars. And God would come back. God forgives even these terrible sins the people were doing. It shows how God stood with them. But when they turned from God, you know, it slowly went downhill. And then in inevitable judgment, the Romans came in and totally destroyed them. Uh, Hezekiah cleanses the temple. That's where it starts. Hezekiah cleanses the temple. Then the Sennacherib, the Assyrian, who is named after a demon, comes in. But he's defeated. Hezekiah defeats him, I believe. And his son, Menasah, who I believe in America, that's the American lost tribe. Menasah and Ephraim were still around him and then this time. See, they got displaced. I guess that'd be after um, probably the Romans wiped them out. Josiah. And then he was a reformer and restorer. And then his son, I believe, Joaz, king of the father's place, was 23 years old, and he reigned three months. Yeah, see, that's the captivity of Joachim, Joachim, then his son, it's Joachim, and then Joachim, and then Zedekiah, again, another Zedekiah, and then Cyrus, king, king Cyrus from Persia comes in. Mm. But it shows how when a king would turn away, bad things would befall the nation. Or they would start going in that direction. But also the whole culture would turn. 
like that back then they usually follow the king but these this was very much uh like i see it now just mass most of the um society even the ones who claim themselves to be christians don't even understand what it was because how they're raised the churches don't really teach it and that's what i was raised in the church but either i didn't listen or they didn't push it on us enough i don't know but i didn't learn i don't know any of this and i'm learning it all now i know who jesus was etc but i didn't really understand the true principles and what jesus really taught and what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to live you know i more saw god and jesus as i guess santa claus and i got away from it the older i got you know nice story good thing to think about just try to be good have a good heart as my friend says but it's a lot more than that it's a lot more than just having a good heart you gotta live it and you gotta live for god you gotta put god first but once again sin does affect the world you see it in it and you see uh, well the, the ruler of this world is satan you know satan lives in the second heaven but he roams earth and scripture again tells us be wary be sober because uh the devil your enemy roams where he may devouring whom he will you know this is scripture and until the time and that's the other thing you know we don't know why everything's happening the way it does but we know god is in control and for whatever reason you know that the satan was cast out of heaven he was thrown to earth and a third of the angels rebelled so you know this this is uh, ongoing the devil's not in control but he's not chained in hell yet and that's where people don't understand either the devil won't be in charge of hell either you're not going to be i'll be with my friends in hell no you won't you're going to be by yourself in a cell in the darkest worst seclusion you've ever been in forever totally alone in darkness and pain and agony it's not going to be good and it's it's easy not to go but it's also easy to go you know it's a hard life to be a christian but the first thing you need to do when you get saved is start reading the bible and learning what the rules are and you can learn them in the beatitudes and the ten commandments and the easy stuff's that the hard stuff is people think oh well, i gotta be celibate i can't cuss i can't you know drink party and yeah you're right you can't you, you gotta be celibate you can't have sex out of wedlock you can't do a lot of things you used to do but when a real test of faith comes along and something that really challenges you it'll then be easy you know it might not be easy but you'll make it you know if you can't remain celibate and do the easy stuff you know what happens when as in abraham and isaac his son god asked abraham to give his firstborn and he was offering him up to the god putting him on the altar and god stopped him it was a test what happens like adam and eve and it probably wasn't even so much that it was that tree was that special the forbidden tree and the the tree of knowledge and the forbidden fruit they ate it was just weather and you know they didn't know why and we don't know why you just don't do it because god said it and that's the faith that's the thing when you're tested what are you gonna do you know and if you've remained celibate and you've you're a salesman but you won't lie you won't cheat 
you'll make less money than the other guy, but you remain true to God. When you get tested, you're going to pass it, that test. And that's that forbidden fruit. That big paycheck dangled. That bonus is dangled. You go by, I'm, well, I'm not going to get that $5,000 bonus because I'm going to have to lie or cheat to get it. Well, you passed the test. You went past the fruit, the money. But you put God first. You passed the test. So when you do pass the test, you know, feel good about it because you did something for God, your father. And that's how you need to see him. He's the father. He's the father of all. Us all, non-believers alike, will be judged. And like I said, sin does affect the world. It is a very very pervasive in our society now and we'll you see america's we're actually prosperous and you know we're, we're doing good but that does not mean a fall is not coming that's like judah and all these you know they were a great superpower before people look at jerusalem now they they can't believe even now they've they weren't a country for over a thousand years they, they'd be like america getting driven out of their country, taken into captivity. Their people were spread to the four corners of the earth. They were just allowed to come back in the 1940s. And this is a great, great nation for a long period of time. And they were utterly destroyed and their cities made vacant. You know, imagine that happening to us here in America. Because of our land, our riches, we'd probably be here, but it'd be other people living here. And it's going to happen. A great fall is going to affect America one day. I don't know why, I don't know how, but it's going to happen. And it probably won't be till the end of times. But a great war will come, as always does. And hopefully that'll be the second coming of Christ. He'll come to stop the eventual, the last battle. It's going to be in the Middle East. It's not going to happen here, but worldwide destruction will reign, so the Bible tells us. And I can see it in America now, just the sin and problems are starting. You know, we're eventually, we're finally on that downhill slide, I think. It's going to get worse and worse. We've, we've peaked. America has peaked. And yeah, we can be great again, but you better turn to God. You know, turn to God, start giving. It was showing how in ancient um, Israel, a tenth of the, of the community, they took 10% from each of the cities and they put those people into the abandoned city to rebuild it and renew it. And they said, imagine if America did something like that, took 10%. It's in my study Bible. And I'm not going to find it. I'm not going to take too long to look. But they actually did it. They took 10% of their people and sent them. The king did. It was a decree and they were seen as great heroes. They were going into this obliterated city that had been destroyed by war and poverty and famine. And they rebuilt it. 10% from each of the other surrounding cities band together and came in there and rebuilt it. They said, imagine America did something like that, as great as we are. 
you know, but it's just, I don't see it ever happening. I just don't see Americans turning and taking 10% of, you know, this is that whole family packed up, left and moved and just to go to make, and it's all about making your country great again. Imagine something like that. But uh, America could wipe out the poor in America if we each took 10% and put it aside and then went to wiping out poverty and and hunger and sickness, we'd wipe it out in America. But it's just, it's just not going to happen. I just don't ever see it happen. Uh, but anyway, sin does affect the world. Um, you can see it. It's pervasive and it's getting worse and worse. But all we can do is try to purge it from the Christian church. We're going to be a minority. The Bible tells us that. You know, especially in the last days, we're going to be the minority, the Christians. We're going to be um, the true Christians, especially. And I can see that now, how the people um, persecute me. You know, luckily, I don't care. I don't care if I lose friends or whatever. I'm going to stay true to Jesus Christ. But I see it already. And even in the church, you know, how... But it's probably always been like that. But I don't know. I think even in the 1950s, 1940s, 30s, 20s, people followed God more. And in the church, they definitely did. But even in the church today, we need a we need a reformation, a cleansing, a sanctification, as I like to say. A sanctification to set ourselves apart from the rest of society. And hopefully that will carry the Christians through the um, troubled times ahead. But right now we enjoy general prosperity. We all do. God bless. We are not being persecuted like our ancestors were. Our ancestors were killed. You know, and I was looking at the Tyndale Bible. The first Bible converted to English was only the 1500s. And I think that's what my buddy Billy Gray more thinks of. These Bibles were in existence from the time uh, before Jesus and after Jesus. They were just in Greek and Aramaic and Latin. So you had to be educated, and that's how the church kept a hold of it. Kept a hold of the Word, and that's how they influenced people. And the Tyndall Bible was the first Bible, and he was actually eventually tied to a stake, strangled, killed and then his body was burnt over a fire with gunpowder and that was by the king of england uh king george i believe like the seventh or eighth and then the king james bible came out but his dying words he asked god to open the eyes of the king of england so apparently he did because three years later the king james bible was put into english for the first time for the general people to uh, worship before that, you had to have someone in the clergy tell you what it meant. And that's how a lot of the crooked shit went on. Because these people would use it for their own self-promotion and self-gain. Just think of that. Before, uh, you know, 1600, we didn't have a Bible in English. It was controlled by the educated, the wealthy, the elite. So God bless that. 
You know, it's amazing what actually, if you look at the history of Christianity and how just we didn't even have a Bible for ourselves till 1600. Well, there was always a Bible. It was just written in Greek and Latin and Aramaic. There was a Bible before Jesus was even born. The prophecies tell us the coming of Jesus, the coming of the Messiah. You know, he just came on a donkey last time from Nazareth. The next time he's going to come on a white horse in grandeur and glory for all to see. And that's why they didn't believe in him. They were thinking that's how he was coming last time. He was going to smite the enemies of Israel. Well, he's coming again. He already came once. He came for all to see. He was a real man. And he's going to come again for all to see. You know, it's funny how they didn't believe at that time. They didn't believe it was him. Now we all do. Pretty much everyone does. They think if you know if you believe in God and Christianity, you believe Jesus was the Son of God. You know, that's what most of us believe. And even the Jews, you know, they're going to convert in the final days. That's why my mom, I don't understand how these people don't see it. They're like, well, because I'd like to believe the Jews are going to go and all that. And what's in the Bible? They're going to go. They're going to be hiding out in the, in, the, in the wilderness again. There's a city, Tetrarch, and that's where they believe these um, Jews are going to be hit, hide. And God, they're going to bow down to them right at the final. The battle of again. Their hearts are going to be turned. They're going to be. They're going to turn to God, and they're going to be saved. And then Jesus Christ is going to reign for a thousand years on earth. And we all get to boogie down. We all get to be right here on earth, in the Garden of Eden again. You know, it's going to be grand and glorious. So you're going to get to see it. Just get on board, get saved, but then follow the word, follow the rules. You got to. You got to do what it's supposed says in the book you gotta learn the laws of, of Moses then you gotta learn the Beatitudes you gotta learn the new covenant Jesus brought and he put it on all of our hearts that's your moral compass but you, you know some people's compass is friggin broke and you know so that's what the Beatitudes are for you follow the stuff and the first thing is to humble your heart it's the poor in spirit the first Beatitude the poor shall inherit the earth the kingdom of heaven. And it's not the poor, the poor in spirit. And the only way to enter the kingdom of heaven, you have to humble your heart and realize there is a God and that you, that I, are nowhere near good as what it takes to get in. And, and to get in, we got to start following the rules. And we got to purge sin from our society. And once we do, and it will never happen, but once we do, we won't have sickness. We won't have none of that. Because as was in the garden, they didn't have police force. They didn't have the establishment, government. They didn't have hospitals. They didn't need it. There was no sin. There was no death. We never died. We lived forever. And it even shows man used to live a long time. And God limited it. You know, at one time, that's where the giants and stuff came from the fallen angels, the Nephilim, because they were thrown to earth and women and uh, they interbreeded and they had this race of giants and they have found um, burial sites of these great big people. Those are fallen angels and that's what the flood was set to wipe out man, you know? So, 
it is what it is. It's all true. Get on board. The stuff you don't understand, that's faith. You just say, well, I don't get it yet, but I'm going to keep researching and reading the Word, and it'll be known to you. And that's the enlightenment that the Buddhisms love. You know, and you, you it hits you one day, and then that's happiness, too. Nothing bothers you anymore. You're good in the hood. Everything's beautiful. We're going on 25 minutes, so that's today's sermon. Sin in the world, and yes, sin does affect the natural order of things, and God created all natural laws. Remember that. And sometimes, hey, God created the tectonic plates. Sometimes they move, and if someone's house there, they might die. You know, it just shit happens. That's the universe God created. And the rest of it is man's free will, and the choices he makes affect his eternity. So there is evil in the world, and it's up to man to do his best to squash it. So God bless. I love you. God loves you. Jesus Christ loves you. Turn to him today, and it's all good in the hood. Have a great day. Fredericksburg, Virginia, Pastor Mike. Thank you.